0: You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue. The same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896. Or visit horseandhound.com.au It's a
1: breakaway, a Victorian breakaway at the top of the lane. Ladies in Red and Better Eclipse. Leap to fame is holding third. Deeper out, cashed up. Then springy steps Seb's choice. Ladies in Red into the home straight. Opening up, pulling away from Better Eclipse, then leap to fame. Ladies in Red, this lady, she's gold. Pure gold, bolts in. Have a look at it. Go, ladies in red.
2: <sighs> yeah, she's one of the stars of the country, Chris, and she's just one of those very good horses Horses racing at that melton program tomorrow night the format of the race is held up how are you
1: i'm well steve good morning to you good morning everyone there's 22 races between tonight and tomorrow night 12 tonight 10 tomorrow night many of these steve are all features
2: incredible ladies in red she'll go around very short chris no doubt i think she's around a dollar 40 or thereabouts issue with tab at this stage for that meeting
1: Yeah, very skinny tomorrow night, as we discussed yesterday, Steve. Emma Stewart's set to play a really big hand at this meeting. She's got several favourites. Many, in fact, are are deep into the red. So she is the uh, the trainer to watch tomorrow night and tonight, you could say, because Honolulu Bay, and this is all important for the Inter-Dominion, which starts next week, Honolulu Bay starts tonight. So this is obviously going to be his final run before the opening round of heats next week. So a lot to look forward to.
2: Maybe the all up, ladies and red, actually a dollar sixty into Captain Ravishing there at about a dollar fifteen uh, tomorrow night at Melton. Look, the Brains Trust, uh, we've got Darren Clayton and Ryan Spice joining us, Chris. Boys, good morning.
3: Yeah, morning Chris, morning Steve.
2: Morning guys, morning listeners.
1: I'm sure you're pumped up, Ryan, uh, with so many features across the weekend, tonight and tomorrow night, 22 races, many carrying Group 1 status. There's several at Group 2 and Group 3 status as well. So for you, this is putters' paradise.
0: Yeah, Chris, I love the Breeders' Crown Series. I love all the good horses racing each other over heats semis and then finals. And uh, it feels like an entree to the Inter-Dominion that starts next week.
1: Just on that, Darren, have we gone past the heats and semi-final stages now? Can we just go straight to finals? Is there a way that we can just improve the series going forward? And is that the way to do it? Cut out the heats and the semifinals, maybe make it stakes-based, just like they used to do with the jewels in New Zealand?
3: Yeah, I'm a big fan of that, Chris. I don't like the heats or semi-finals. I think... Especially now the change to the calendar year, you could probably put a, a case that the semi-finals or uh, heats, when we had that final in August, but now the horses have got all year to show their form, get their form up and get into that final. I think we can just go straight into it. And if you look at it from a point of view of um, the money that's spent on the semifinals and the heats, you then just um, distribute that across a, a consolation. So the, you know, for example, the two-year-old fillies tomorrow night—they race for three hundred thousand in the final, and the heats and semis—that that money. Well, then you just filter that back across, and the top twelve are in the in the final. The next twelve go around for better money in the consolation, so on and so forth. But I think it's done and dusted, especially when yeah. you see that meeting last week with the with the betting on it.
1: Yeah, well, that, and that's the key point. Uh, so many short prize favorites. Ryan, putting you on the spot if you were to build a four-leg multi for the weekend across melton tonight and tomorrow night what four horses would you come up with for a multi
0: uh chris i would take act now at a dollar 60 in race 10 on saturday night i would also include ladies in red at a dollar 60 in the race five and then i'd probably pop in a couple of uh, rolled gold shorties in the form of major delight at a dollar 25 in race four she is just an amazing filly and uh yeah perhaps captain ravishing he's he i don't think there's any world he gets beaten so at his short quote he'll get the job done probably multis out to 250 uh, so. i would assume off the top of my head
2: that's oh, interesting, Ryan Captain Ravishing is going to head back to the Tabor stable before the chariot's are fire is what we're hearing. Chris uh, alluded to that earlier this week, and we confirmed it.
0: Uh, Steve, I my head explodes. I can't understand why. But anyway, things move on. The sands are always shifting.
1: So, just on Captain Ravishing, uh, Captain Ravishing, Steve, what price is he for tomorrow night?
2: Dollar fifteen. Dollar fifteen. Okay, so a
1: dollar sixty, dollar sixty, dollar twenty-five, dollar fifteen. So that's a a four-leg lock, hopefully, for a multi across the weekend. What is the best race, in your opinion, Ryan, across the entire weekend there at Melton for the Breeders' Crown?
0: Chris, the race I can't wait to see is the two-year-old boys, where we have School Captain and the Lost Storm both drawn off the front row in barriers two and four. They dominate the market going to be a staying test without a doubt but the intriguing part of the race is we have two horses sitting coming through in the form of perfect class and captain's knock and if they go too hard and if either horse has a smidge of luck in running they are not out of the race from a winning perspective so yeah that's probably the race i'm most excited to see
1: which way are you leaning out of that quartet you just mentioned
0: um i still lean to the lost storm
1: Okay, another one for Emma Stewart and Mark Pitt. So that's race six tomorrow night. Just on the end of the meeting, you touched on that, and uh, we know that the series starts next week. Uh, Any early thoughts or any early suggestions as far as tips are concerned for that series? Uh,
0: I think the Majestic Cruiser price about a week and a week and a half ago at $21 each way was good shopping. He's the horse, I think, if he can... Get through to the final. He is the one horse that his staying prowess will come to the fore. And if he show, if he if he reproduces the New Zealand Cup week form, I think he's the horse to beat.
1: Okay. Any thoughts on the trotters? Bolt for Brilliance confirmed as a starter, so he's set to arrive um, probably mid next week for Tony Hurley.
0: I think it's easy enough to say from a trotters' point of view, Chris. If the real Bolt for Brilliance performs to his best, it's uh, going to be a one-act affair.
1: And the rest will need luck in running. Okay. Uh, Darren, I- I've got to ask. It looks like we're only going to have one representative from Queensland for the entire series because it looks very unlikely that Mac Da Vinci is going to go. He secured a golden ticket, but when you keep digging into this golden ticket, it t- doesn't entitle them to anything. So What about they chocolate? Had to play a tenth. Th- well, I don't <laughs> even think they get that. I think they got a bit of cardboard last week, and that was about it. So... I'm not sure. Majestic Harry was nominated for the series, hence why he's going. Mac Da Vinci wasn't nominated. It was going to cost them $10,000 for a late payment. And then at this stage, if he was flying by himself, it was $18,000. So they're $30,000 out of pocket before the series even starts. So what was the purpose of the golden ticket?
3: Yeah, it's a real head scratcher, that one, Uh, Chris. I actually looked into it. I thought... um... I think the late nomination might have even been more expensive than 10,000. What the conditions I read through said it was 18,000 or 20,000. So um, I'm not sure what I was looking at, whether that's the same or not. But uh, I guess the impetus was on, on connections to have your horse nominated in the first round of nominations and then I guess get through the golden ticket and avoid the opportunity if you were down in the rat rankings that that got you through but it seems pointless if you know they're saying it's a it's a golden ticket you're in the series well when you dig deeper no you're actually not so uh, it's a head scratcher for mine I think it needed to be perhaps a little bit better communicated than how it has been
1: yeah no doubt about it just on Majestic Harry regardless of how he performs in the next two weeks down there will he be crowned the Queensland Trotter of the Year
3: uh, yeah, well, um, I have doing my homework for you the other day and I've got, got down a, a trotting rabbit hole as well. I love a rabbit hole to get down inside there and uh, I think he will be. Um, he's the only Queensland trotter that's got a group win this year and uh, his efforts through the winter were pretty good. He placed in a few of those group races and now he's got the, the group victory along with the Redcliffe Trotters Cup so he's probably the firm favourite for the Queensland Trotter of the Year, regardless of what happens in the Inter-Dominion Series. Mm.
1: I, I suppose the fact that he is the only horse competing in the Inter-Dominion probably uh, adds more temerity to his season as well.
3: Yeah, exactly. So um, he won that Redcliffe race. He was only just grabbed in the in the closing strides by Credit Master in one of the group races in the winter. He placed in, in each of those group features and then he's come out and won the the Group 2 Spring spring trotting sprint held um held there on saturday night at albion park so yeah like i say he's he's firmly favorite i would suggest to win the queensland trotter of the year
1: okay the the homework question i gave you on wednesday in the space of a week speed dating has she catapulted herself to the top of the list to be crowned queensland mirror of the year off those two group two victories
3: yeah, I, I think she has. Um, you know, I love a caveat on, on what I have to say, so uh, I'm going to throw one out here for you, Chris, and I'll ask you, what's worth more, one Group 1 win or two Group 2 wins?
2: Ooh, I would say a Group 1. In the Gallups would be Group 1, clearly. Yeah.
3: So yeah. if you won one Group 1 win, would that put you ahead of, uh, of, of a two-time Group 2 winner? Yes. And if that's the case... If that's the case, well then, uh, Magical Mayor is the f- would be sitting at top for the likely filly or mare of the year because it is the filly or mare of the year that we have up here, um, and that would put Speed Dating second. Magical Mayor is the only Queensland-trained filly to win to a Group One this year, so. Um,
1: but that's only a three-year-old would, race, right?
3: It is, but like I said, it's, it is the 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 title is filly or mare of the year. It's not. Um, it's not a separated individual thing. So, again, I would I would probably say speed dating is the is the top pick, but you got to look at that other that other way that uh, I just suggested. But group one win coming coming in over the top.
1: Well, you like making things difficult. Uh, you know, when it says mayor of the year, I'm expecting four year old and older, but uh, you've slipped that in with a three year old. So, well, well a couple see. of years
3: ago, Pelosi. Yeah, Pelosi won it as a three-year-old. So um, she won the... It was the Filial Mare of the Year and Pelosi was the winner that year as a three-year-old. So just looking back on history and, and not trying to introduce new new things, Chris, just following the history books.
1: <laughs> OK, well, we'll wait and see. There's a quaddy jackpot tomorrow night, Darren, here at Albion Park, $10,000. That projected pool is $50,000. We've got 10 races starting at 519 I want your best bet, and I want your quaddy numbers as well.
3: Please. Yeah, okay, so um, the, the quaddy there, I thought, uh, looked a little bit wide to play there tomorrow night. So first leg race five. I've got six, Copperfield on top. Um, main dangers being number one, Cam Roller gets a good trip, and four, Carlo Bradley. So one, four, six. The second leg. Uh, again, a little bit wider. I've got uh, number one, Lady Ivana on top. I think she can either lead or take the trail and be too strong there. Uh, Carla Jane going super. And Girl from Oz, don't uh, don't rule her out. So one, four, and nine. The third leg, um, found this a tricky little mares race. And in that, I've got number seven, a whole lot of Rosie on top. Uh, over number five, Bella Bronski. Number two, she's got Bling. And eight, Miss Mia and in the final leg another mares race again a tricky one i've got number five okinawa beach she's a newcomer to queensland to mark reese does a good job with his mares he's had molly's Marielle flying And uh, some other mares over the years, so got her on top. Number five, Okinawa Beach. Number one, Dancing to the Beat, set to get a perfect trip in behind the speed there. And number seven, Magic Moment, drawn bad, but uh, off her effort last week behind Uptown Beach Girl, certainly going to be right in the mix there. So one, five, and seven there to bring it home. And then if we're looking for a best bet, um, I liked, I thought we could strike early. Race one, number three, Heston Zoolander. I think he gets the gate to uh, to get forward here. Number one, Maywin Troubadour, quick beginner, but uh, got a real dislike for the 2100. Heston Zoolander, not much gone his way since winning back in September over this trip. So he's my best.
1: Okay, so that's race one, number three, Heston Zoolander. And those quaddy thoughts the first leg, 146 into 149. Then we go 2578, and we bring it home with numbers 1, 5, and 7. So that's tomorrow night, 5.19. Uh, just quickly, the last race is the Open. A field of six over the mile. Many of these backing up after last week's Queensland Cup. Who's the horse to beat?
3: Uh, it's big wheels for mine. He was super in that Queensland Cup. Arguably the run of the race, wide off the track. He's run home the fastest last uh, last half of the night. And he was he was wide. He was still second last um at the 500 and he's wide out off the track not beaten too far absolutely flying this horse yet to step up to a win in open company this will be his opportunity to do that he gets gate two um he can get straight across and he is the one to beat for me
1: okay ryan have you got any thoughts on this meeting at albion park tomorrow night at this stage
0: uh, Chris, I concur with Darren's thoughts about big wheels in the open. That was a clear, flashing, ro- light run last start. I think he can lead for a long way in that event. Um, in the last league of the Quaddy, I did like the look of magic moment for Tom Ison. I think that Philly can slingshot out and lead and go pretty close.
1: OK, it's a magic moment. You got the lot there last week with Bill Abronsky. Uh, not Bill Bronski, Miss Serena, I should say apologies. So, Miss Serena, you were keen on, and she was able to score, and score easily.
0: Yeah, it was a beautiful result. I was cheering loudly. Okay, that was the last leg of
1: the Quaddy for memory, too. Was it not? Yes, mate. Okay, well, there you have it. Uh, just um, on that free-for-all tomorrow night, um, Northview Hustler, is he any chance of getting across early? Darren, you go
3: first. Um, I thought yeah, it's a it's a tricky one, Gate 6, it's only a small field, but he's got uh, he's got Will the Wizard inside of him if they look to go forward there. Big wheels as a, a quick beginner. I could certainly entertain the idea that they have an early look and um, being only the small field, you've got, I guess, you're not going to end up too far back if you don't get across and you have to uh, ease up. So um, definitely entertain the thought of having a look, but um, I, I I didn't think he could. Okay, Ryan?
0: Oh, Chris, I, I've tried to predict what they'll do with Northview Hustler for a long time now, and I'm usually wrong, so I'll stay out.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what is your best bet across the entire weekend, Ryan?
0: Uh, Chris, I'm going to go with the, uh, the filly in Race 8, with magic moment for Tom and I thought she was super last week when she didn't have a lot of luck in running after finding the front and ending three peaks. She zoomed to the line to just miss. So, yeah, I'm really keen she can get the job done there.
1: OK, so that's the best bet for you all weekend, more than anything else at Melton or, or Manangle?
0: Oh, look... I'm, just, I'm not... Yeah, I'll go with Magic Moment, mate. I'm, I'm happy to put my stake in the ground there. All
1: right. We'll get black figures about that filly, uh, won't we?
0: I think so, From just because of the barrier, Yeah.
1: Okay, race eight, number seven. And, Darren, your best bet was race one, number three, Heston Zoolander.
3: Yeah, that's him. And, um, like I said, he hasn't had much luck uh, since getting across. And just uh, just going back to that horse of the year, the trotter of the year, Chris, um, we talk about group two and group one successes. Well, Majestic Harry, he might just have to perform through this inner dominion because... Marissa McMullen had a little Group 1 winner back in the winter as well. Oh,
1: yes. Yes. Good point. Good point. So that is going to be interesting. Uh, all of the markets for the weekend's features are available with TAB right now. So we've got those two good races coming through from the west tonight. The four-year-old championship race five, the Pat Cranley free-for-all is race four. All those markets are available for Melton and uh, we'll have those uh, better races coming through for Albion Park uh, probably tomorrow at this stage. There's a lot to look forward to. Quaddy jackpot repeating at Albion Park tomorrow night. Guys, really appreciate the time. We're at the start here for our first event. Enjoy the weekend. Look forward to the chat again next week.